0: That story is one of the, uh, I think, great stories in the Bible. It still has much to say to us today. One of the interesting things about the story, and perhaps you noticed this as you were watching, is that Jesus is absent uh, for a considerable period of time. And in fact, in the Gospel of John, indeed in all, all the New Testament uh, Gospels, this uh, story represents the the longest interlude between Jesus appearing and being uh, centered in the story and then absent uh, for the length of time that he was absent and then reappearing at the end. The story speaks to us at two levels, moving from blindness to sight and moving from sight or what we think we see, what we're sure of, what we think we know. And are absolutely certain of, but moving from that physical sight, of what that which we think we know, to really to spiritual blindness. So moving from blindness to sight. In John's gospel, and in the stories that we have looked at over these last few weeks, in each instance, before anything happens, any change occurs in a person's life, it ch- the change occurs because of encounter with Jesus and then confession in Jesus, faith in Jesus as the Son of God. That was true with the woman at the well. It began Nicodemus' journey to making the same kind of uh, confessional statement encounter with Jesus. So, in our tradition, in our founding, a man named Walter Scott, one of the four people, four Presbyterian ministers that established the movement for unity that later became the Christian church, Disciples of Christ. Scott, in his evangelistic journeys, primarily through Ohio, came up with what he called the five-finger exercise. And here's what uh, the five points of that exercise were. Scott said, and this is the way he promoted his his appearance, his revivals, if you will, his preaching when he would come to a community. Uh, Before he did anything else, usually, he would encounter children Along the streets of that town when he entered, and his his catch, if you will, his uh, hook, if you will, to get people to come, was he would tell kids, tell your parents to come tonight, and I will teach them how they can be saved by their thumb. So, Scott said in this five-finger exercise, first, a person must believe. They must have faith they must make a confession of faith in Jesus Christ. In that confession of faith, they are moved to repent, moved to newness of life, if you will, or to seek newness of life. And in that seeking, they become baptized, they seek baptism, understanding baptism as representing their forgiveness from sin their identification with the resurrection of Jesus, they're baptized by immersion, they go under the water, identify with Jesus' death, they're raised from the water, identifying with Jesus' resurrection and life, and they walk from the water to newness of life. In that confession of faith, in that desire to change and the desire to repent, we receive the Holy Spirit, We don't journey alone. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, God continues to work in our life and to guide us. And then, the fifth uh, part of that five-finger exercise, we have the hope, the promise of eternity. So, when we see, when we embrace uh, what we see in Jesus Christ, the Son of God delivers us from sin, in John's gospel, through our confession of faith. We understand ourselves in need of the Savior. God delivers. So our life is redeemed, is changed, is saved by relationships. And that's not only true of our relationship with God, but it's true in many ways of our relationships that we have in all our life. Think of the difference that somebody made in your life that had changing effects, saving effect, if you will. Or perhaps the difference that God blessed you uh, with the, uh, the presence, uh, presence in somebody else's life, to change their life through the relationship that you have. Relationships change things. Friendships change the way we function in this world. Marriages change the way that we relate and function in this world. The efforts that we make to get to know other people That are different from us. To establish relationship. Born from our relationship in Jesus Christ. That changes the world. In fact that changes the world perhaps more than anything else. Doing the things, establishing the relationships that God through Christ asks us to establish. Getting to know people who are different not assuming we already know them because we have already judged them. Relationship. Relationship with Christ makes repentance possible. Relationship with each other, getting to know people who are different from us, gives us the opportunity to change, to repent, to understand that God doesn't uh, see this world in the way that we often see this world. We often see this world, if somebody's different for whatever reason that we perceive they're different, we often then immediately categorize that person as an adversary, as an enemy, or, as at, or uh, uh, even perhaps worse than that, as somebody that we can just ignore and don't need to have anything to do with. Relationship makes change possible. Relationship with Christ informs our relationship with every other person in our life, with every other thing in our life. So it's not surprising that in 12-step programs, regardless of what 12-step program you may, may be in or may have heard of, that the first step in that program is acknowledging, changing, acknowledging, A higher power. It starts with that change. Acknowledging the higher power. For us as Christians, our change starts with confessing Jesus Christ as the son of the living God. That's what John's gospel, perhaps more than any of the four gospels, affirms. Before you take any more steps down the road, you need to make and take the first step, which is coming into relationship with Jesus Christ. That will inform everything else that you do. Moving from blindness to sight. And then moving from physical sight, the other part of the story here, to spiritual blindness thinking that you know so much that you've already got all the answers and everything is, all the uh, T's are crossed and all the I's are dotted, that you have the answer, that you can give the answer, that nothing can challenge what you already know, that you're so firm in the judgments that you've already made that you are not able to be moved by anything even if you are being surprised or God is attempting to surprise you through grace. So when the religious authorities see this blind man, they are so locked into what they already know that they can't acknowledge what they're actually seeing and what's before them. A person whose life has been changed, who was blind but now sees. Churches do that uh, way, way, way too often. Seven last words of a dying church we never did it that way before. We already know because we've already done this, and therefore we don't need to do anything else differently. We've lost our capacity to be surprised by God's grace, we've lost our capacity to, to be astonished by what God God is doing in our life because we already know. We've already decided what God can do and can't do or God won't do or what God will do. So we close ourselves off from possibilities, godly possibilities in our life. I think that's a lot of what's going on in our country today we've decided, or at least parts of our our life in parts of our life together, we've already decided what we, what we are sure is is uh, the way the world works, and we have decided by virtue of what we think we know, we'll close ourselves off from any other possibility of what God might have in mind, of what God may want to do. We'll close ourselves off from other people because we already know who those people are. We shut ourselves off from God's possibilities. We move from seeing to spiritual blindness. It's easy to know, to do, to get caught up in what you think you know. A number of years ago, our youngest son, uh, we were in, uh, on the road. We stopped at a Cracker Barrel restaurant with our children. Our youngest son was about a year old or so at the time, right around that age. Uh, he's sitting in a high chair, sitting near me, next to me. You've ever been to a Cracker Barrel? You know they bring out all kinds of bread to you. So I gave Steve a, a piece of cornbread, To have something to play with, something to do, maybe even eat it. And Nancy's across the table from us, and she's looking at Steve and uh, noticing what he's doing with the cornbread. And she says uh, to me, you need to get that piece of cornbread out of his hand. He's about to throw it. And I looked at her, and I said, he's not going to throw it. He's not left-handed. In his left hand, and about as soon as I said those words, boom! The cornbread goes sailing across to another table and hits a man in the side of the head. So. And he was a good—he was a good sport about it, being absolutely sure that you know what's going on, and not being able to see what might. Be uh, ready to happen. Be abs- Being so absolutely sure that you know what's going on that you've closed yourself off from God's possibilities, from God's grace. In the uh, study that we've been doing on Sunday mornings over in the uh, Joe Wick Chapel, uh, Christ's final words, in one of those uh, studies... Adam Hamilton, who we have been watching uh, uh, videos, eight ten minute video to get us started. Adam Hamilton uh, told this story, and it uh, made uh, it touched my heart. Made a lot of sense to me. He said that, uh, uh, in he as he remembered, uh, and still to this day as a, an adult, during Christmas time they'll have people, uh, usually family members, that will mail them presents, and they'll put those presents under the tree, and we do the same thing in our house. We don't open them right away. We you know, put them on, under the tree. Uh, they're gifts that are given. But in Hamilton's story, he said, well, what if, what if you got a gift? What if somebody gave you something, and you just left it sitting there under the tree? and you never opened it. And you never knew what was in it. You never knew what the surprise was. You didn't know anything more about it than it's sitting there. I think the stories that we encounter in John uh, very much challenge us in a similar way. God makes this offer to us through Jesus the Son to encounter to embrace, to be saved, to be changed. That's the gift that's given. And the challenge for us is to not just let it sit there and never do anything with it, but to open it up and be surprised by what God is going to do in your life. Let's pray. Lord, too often we're blind to uh, things that you want us to see. Lord, we pray that you would open our eyes, surprise us again, help us to receive your possibilities for our life, for this world. In Christ's name, amen. Our hymn of commitment is Amazing Grace.